In this video, I'd like to discuss why we should read Laruelle. What interest is there in reading Laruelle in general and uh, biography of ordinary man in particular? In the first video, oh, we presented the book and at least in part allowed the book to present itself. So in this video, I'd like to give some sort of motivation that could be underlying uh, both Laruelle's project and our possible interest in reading Laruelle. So the first one is um, undoubtedly if you're looking at Laruelle, probably you're interested in continental philosophy. So if you're interested in the continental tradition in that sub-tradition, which is um, broadly speaking anti-authoritarian, that uh, mounts some sort of critique of uh, authorities and power, in the world and within the institutions of philosophy and within philosophy itself. So if you're interested in Deleuze or Derrida or Lyotard or Badiou or even somebody who doesn't usually count as a continental philosopher but I think uh, is very largely within that tradition, if you're interested in Feyerabend, if you're interested in um, going back a little uh, Heidegger and Nietzsche. Uh, Laruelle is influenced by uh, just about all these figures. Maybe he hasn't read Feyerabend, but probably he, he has. And um, seems to uh, want to radicalise, uh, go one better in a certain way, although he criticises this idea of constantly going beyond. Uh, he wants to protect their arguments and their idea, ideas in a way that maybe they were unable to provide proper protection and argument uh, against possible critiques. So Laruelle takes all these ideas and all these figures and takes them to the absolute, that's his term, and uh, the book, A Biography of Ordinary Man, is, as we said last time, his laboratory where he's taking uh, everything in the most uncompromising, uh, with no concessions way, um, to, the, to the ultimate conclusions, to, to the absolute. So, I would say if you're, especially if you're interested in uh, Deleuze, for example, uh, this book is absolutely necessary reading, whether you end up uh, agreeing with it or not. A second thing is, if you want to go further in, not just in the anti-authoritarian aspect, but if you want to go further in the deconstruction, that's Derrida's concept, in the deterritorialization, according to Deleuze, in the subtraction, according 
to Badiou, if you consider that there's something within continental philosophy uh, in deconstruction itself or in deterritorialization itself that is not yet deconstructed, that is not yet deterritorialized, then this is something that uh, Laruel is trying to do. So, in a sense, you could call his work one of hyper deconstruction or hyper deterritorialization or hyper uh, subtraction. A third motivation is something that goes along with this um, hyper deconstruction. There's uh, a, a feeling that within all these works of deconstruction, deterritorialization, maybe in Badiou's uh, sub subtraction, but that's a slightly different case, that um, there's just too much negativity. Deleuze goes on and on about Nietzsche and affirmation and so on, but he's the first to say that deterritorialization comes first. He's the first to emphasize in um, Foucault's work that resistance comes first. So with all these other figures, there's always this idea of an ultimate negativity, dissolution, which may be expressed in non-negative terms, um, pulverization, dispersion, and so on. And uh, Laruel is not contesting these ideas, but in a biography of ordinary man, is constantly trying to formulate them in terms of a positive uh, dispersion, a positive um, minority, a positive absolute, and um, a positive sufficiency is what he calls it in this book. Uh, fourth um, reason is uh, perhaps related to this. Once you, you've uh, criticised the authorities, and remember this book uh, of Laruel's could have been called uh, against uh, authorities, but that would have been too negative a title. But once you've criticised the authorities, once you've um, dissolved, deterritorialized, deconstructed, uh, what you're in danger of falling into is relativism, that anything goes, in the vulgar sense of anything goes, which is not Feyerabian sense, anything goes, anyone's opinion is just as good as any others, you fall into the um, alternative facts, um, uh, fake news, post-truth type world, and uh, one can wonder how do we conserve the, um, the progress that has been made in terms of uh, deconstruction, deterritorialization, and at the same time guard against relativism. So, Laruel's solution here. I think, for once, and there are other examples of this in the book, is um, ahead of its time. So I've often criticised uh, Laruel for um, trailing behind the others and thinking 
that he was making a, a big um, blow to philosophy when he criticised the philosophies of difference at the same time that everybody that supposedly uh, belonged to the philosophies of difference had already moved on to something, something else. So I think this aspect of, of um, trailing behind is a reality, but at the same time, Larouel, because of his very radicality, is a precursor. So this theme of the absolute became a necessary concept uh, for Deleuze, for example, where in uh, uh, Deleuze and Guattari's What is Philosophy, which came out, I think, um, in 1991, so several years after this book of Laruelle's, uh, they're constantly talking about uh, absolute speed, absolute uh, uh, survey. Uh, the word absolute crops up quite a lot within the book, mainly as an adjective, but there's this idea of absolutity that is needed to avoid the trap um, and the enclosure within relativism. Uh, Badiou's latest book, or latest big book, came out uh, three or four years ago, The Imminence of Truths, still not translated, but it should be published in English in, uh, in February next year. So um, there Badiou makes a move, very like the move that um, Laruel makes in 1985. Um, Badiou uh, decides that we have to start with the absolute and look at how the relative worlds appear from the point of view of, of the absolute. So this is something that Larouel was already arguing for and then doing in a biography of Ordinary Man. So if you want some sort of context and sort of room for manoeuvre between two different approaches that are within the same sort of um, influences and inspirations to a large extent, then um, reading a biography of Ordinary Man is good for that. It's also good preparation for having a critical uh, approach to reading the Eminence of Truths when it finally comes out, which is another book which I consider to be absolutely uh, essential. Uh, another motivation over and above these particular philosophical figures and these particular philosophical concepts is if you're ambivalent about uh, philosophy in general, if you have a, a, a passion for philosophy and at the same time you feel that there's something wrong uh, uh, with philosophy, that um, you had uh, great hopes from what you could get out of philosophy and uh, are constantly feeling uh, disappointed about uh, what is actually offered or concluded in philosophy. Um, if you're feeling that philosophy is um, not what it, not as rational as it pretends to be, if there's 
you're constantly finding sort of logical gaps or um, non sequiturs or the um, there's a sort of not exactly bluff, but there's a sort of a sort of a certain sort of carelessness in the philosophers and in the philosophies that you've encountered, and that as well there's lacking to a large extent uh, the human element that maybe uh, philosophers talk about um, humanity, the human element, maybe uh, political philosophers talk about uh, democracy, revolution, um, anti-hierarchy, um, egalitarianism and um, or about care, about uh, the need to take care of the uh, ordinary person and not be elitist. And at the same time, you find w within the, their, their practice, their personalities, and in the um, concepts that they uh, manipulate, uh, that there is not a full reflection of that humanity. Maybe the content is human or hum human-oriented to a certain extent, but um, there's something in, in the forms and in the um, habitual uses that is, is not human enough for you. That's something that uh, Laroel has um, uh, noticed and analysed in philosophy, and he's tried in this book to put humanity at the centre, along with um, a more consequent use of rationality. And last, which goes along um, with all these ideas, uh, there's just the institutional experience of philosophy. Uh, Larawell mentions that at the end of the uh, foreword, where he talks about... Um, in the English translation is uh, translated as institutional disgrace, which is a little um, ambiguous, as if maybe he had been feeling disgraced, but it's more general. It's the disgrace of anything and everything that could come up in the institution of anyone. There could be... Um, not necessarily all the time in the empirical sense, but there you're constantly um, coming up against uh, disgrace or what uh, Larawell in the far, uh, forwarded French calls indignity or indignities. And that's something that goes with the... Um, inhuman side of uh, philosophy, but it's the uh, institutional experience of these sorts of in, uh, indignities that occur in institutions, including books, because books are a form of institution. And um, so that leads to an aspect where indirectly at a transcendental level, uh, Larawell is coming out um, with a critique of the institutions. So, summarising, 
we have taken to um, the absolute uh, anti-authoritarian uh, posture, the hyper-deconstruction, uh, a concern with positivity, a uh, leap into the absolute, uh, reconciliation of affect and and reason of humanity and and rigor and what you could call the de-schooling of philosophy or the de-institutionalization of philosophy so the idea is that uh, that's implicit in the title of biography of ordinary man the idea is that philosophy is for everyone so um, Lowell's actual books can sometimes be uh, daunting at first glance. So I'm trying to provide um, a set of uh, uh, not exactly keys, but um, hints and signals or, or tips, heuristic advice for reading Lowell. So you can tap into um, what uh, uh, is going on within his uh, this book and his other books that is powerful, interesting, uh, uh, motivating, and is um, at the um, cutting edge still. This book, uh, published in 1985, is still at the cutting edge of continental philosophy today.